Today, on Commitment to Truth. How can we serve our God? How can we dedicate our lives to God? Well, it starts off by this, by studying the Word of God. Studying, studying the Word of God. Not only on Sunday hearing the preaching and taking the sermon notes and reading them in the service, but really taking those notes home and following up what the pastor or the preacher said that day. Welcome to Commitment to Truth, the teaching ministry of Commitment Church, a place for all nations. Thank you so much for spending time with us today. Each week, Pastor Cedric Brown and the pastoral team at Commitment Church strive to draw you into a deeper relationship with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. This week, we continue our sermon series called Heroes. We'll learn from the biblical heroes of the past found in Hebrews 11 and by faith to encourage you to become today's heroes of the faith. Here's Pastor Jose Torres, teaching pastor at Commitment Church, with today's message. So as we continue our sermon series entitled Heroes uh, of the Faith, uh, we were based in Hebrews chapter 11. And I'm going to share the same verse that I shared last week as the key verse. And it's found in Hebrews 11 verses 32 to 34. And the word of God says this. And what more shall I say? For time will fail me if I tell of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephad, David, and Samuel, and the prophets, who by faith conquered kingdoms, performed acts of righteousness, obtained promises, shut the mouths of lions, quenched the power of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, from weakness were made strong because became mighty in war, put foreign armies to flight. Heroes. We've been giving you definitions of heroes throughout the um, sermon series last week. I said it's uh, ordinary people doing extraordinary things through God. And this, way, this week I want to say heroes is, is one that in the moment of chaos jumps in without fear, trusting God, the one he or she serves. Today we will be speaking about Samuel. Who was Samuel? Well, he was a miracle child because Hannah could not have babies, but she prayed and pleaded to God to the point where she was crying right at the temple and Eli saw her and thought she was drunk or she was confused or she was out of her mind. The way she was pleading God for a child to open up her womb so that she could have a child. And she said, if I were permitted to have a child, I will dedicate this child to you, God. He was the son of Alcanan and Hannah. 1 Samuel chapter 1, verses 19 and 20 says this, And then they arose early in the morning and worshipped before the Lord and returned again to their house in Ramah. And Alcanon had relationships with Hannah, his wife, and the Lord remembered her. And it came about in due time after Hannah had conceived that she gave birth to a son and his name 
And she named him Samuel, saying, because I have asked him of the Lord. So she named them because she asked the Lord to give him that son. My, my uh, godson, nephew, his name is Samuel. Why? Because my sister Elizabeth, when she was trying to have a child, it was difficult for her. But she prayed to God for a son. And she remembered this verse, and she named him Samuel. You know, he's not perfect. He was born with some uh, minor defects. But she pressures that, that child. She dedicates that child to God at all times because he is a blessing to her, just like Hannah did uh, with Samuel here. Samuel was dedicated to God. He was a Nazarene. What's a Nazarene? That's one guy that, you remember Samson? He never cut his hair. That's what Nazarenes did. They were dedicated to God. They were to serve God. They never cut their hair. Not only was he a Nazarene, but he was a descendant of the tribe of the Levite. If you know who are the Levites, the Levites were the chosen people, the, the chosen tribe to be the priests for Israel. They led the priesthood. They led everything that had to do with worship to God. They were the ones in front of the army when they went against Jericho, the chosen ones to be the representatives of God, to lead the people into the presence of God. Samuel was that chosen uh, child because he, his father was a descendant of this tribe. So not only is he a miracle child, not only was he dedicated to God, not only was he a Nazarene, he was also a priest of God. But it doesn't stop there. Samuel was just much more than that. Samuel was the last judge of Israel and a prophet of God. And we can find this in Acts chapter 13, verses 20, where it says, After these things, he gave them judges until Samuel. Until Samuel. Samuel was the last judge, the prophet. So he clarifies that. He was a judge, and he was a prophet. He was a priest. He was a Nazarene. He was a miracle child. He was dedicated to God. So what can we learn from this great hero, Samuel? How can we be like Samuel? We must dedicate our lives to serving God. 1 Samuel 1, verse 28 says this, so I have also dedicated him to the Lord. As long as he lives, he is dedicated to the Lord, and he worships the Lord there. This is when Hannah, after weaning him off uh, her, he, she took him to the temple and surrendered her son, Samuel, to Eli. That's like you having a child. He gets of age. You bring him to Pastor Cedric and say, Pastor Cedric, you're in charge of him. Train him up in the things of the Lord because I dedicated my son or daughter to God. And they're going to serve God. And turned them over to Eli because she had made a promise to God. She was a faithful woman. He answered her prayer and she was a woman of her word. She dedicated her son 
to the service of the Lord. But does it stop there? No. Samuel learned to be a servant of God. He learned the word of God. He learned to pray to God. He learned to serve in the temple in any capacity that he could. So how can we, as Christians, children of God, dedicated to God, how can we serve our God? How can we dedicate our lives to God? Well, it starts off by this, by studying the Word of God. Studying, studying the Word of God. Not only on Sunday hearing the preaching and taking the sermon notes and reading them in the service, but really taking those notes home and following up what the pastor or the preacher said that day. Going into the scripture, digging deeper to understand what God was telling you that day. It doesn't stop on Sunday. It continues Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. You should always be in the word of God. Why? Because you learn from the word of God. God speaks to you through his word. In those moments that you are in difficulty, in the moments that you don't know what to do, the Word of God will give you direction and guidance. It's all there for you. He left it for you. All you have to do is open your book. It's just like going to school. If you don't open up the book to study math or to study English, you'll never get proficient at it. But if you do the same thing that you do in school, you, you get proficient at it. You open the word of God every day and read a scripture or read a verse or read a chapter or read a, a, a devotional every day. Guess what? This is the living powerful, strong to build you up, to strengthen you. To feel that dedication that you have for God. And it'll instruct you how to be diligent in doing service for God. But it doesn't stop there, just in the Word of God. It says that Samuel prayed to God. He sought God through prayer. He had a conversation on a daily basis with God. I don't know about you. My prayer life can get better. Can get better. Yeah, I get up in the morning and I thank God for the day that he's given me. I ask him to help me through the day. Some days are harder than others. Some days, at the moment that I make a mistake, he brings me back and I make a quick prayer in my head. Not loud, but I make a quick prayer in my head to ask for forgiveness for the things that I fell into. Prayer is a communication line between you and him. It's Speak to him, but it also allows him to speak to you. Through the Holy Spirit, it moves you in the direction that he wants you to go, in the direction that he wants you to serve. Sometimes you don't understand that. Why am I going this way today? I usually go that way, but today I'm going this way. Why? Why? And you're having that conversation with God, and all of a sudden, someone appears that is in affliction or in trouble or in need of the Word of God, and you're there to serve with diligently. You're serving Him, and you're showing them the Word of God. Joshua 1 8 says this The book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate it. On it day and night, 
When? Day and night. That means 24 hours a day you should be meditating in the Word of God so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it and then you will make your ways prosperous. Then you will have success. Stare, people. We fail to see it because maybe sometimes we're not as diligent in opening the Scriptures to seek God. We wait for Sunday to hear from the pastor. We wait till Sunday to hear from the preacher. We wait till we go somewhere where we're learning in a class to hear from someone else. You don't need no one to tell you what the Word of God has. You just need to read it. Because if you read it, then you can verify what the man that's up here speaking is true. Because there are some that come that preach erroneously but you have to be prepared to understand that when it's erroneous you don't say amen but you pray for that person asking God to give them guidance to open up their eyes so they truly see what the word of God is trying to say second Timothy 2 15 says this be diligent to present yourself approved to God as a workman who does not need to be ashamed, accurately handling the true, the word of truth. How can you handle the word of God? How can you speak the word of God if you do not dedicate time to reading it? 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17 says this, all scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be adequate, adequately equipped for every good work. So to do good work for God, you have to be in the word of God because that is your guide. This is the map. This is your manual. You know how to fix things? Through the manual. You know how to get somewhere? Through the map. It's all here, folks. And why we don't get it, why we, we find ourselves in, in situations where we, we crying out to God, God, help me. God said, I've been trying to. You read the word. I'm trying to tell you what you got to do. Clear instructions. To, to dedicate yourself to prayer. Philippians 4, 6 says this, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made to, known to God. That's the time we call on him. You don't call 911. Yeah, when you have a real emergency, a fire in your house or something, you may call 911 for that fire. But when there's problems in your house, who do you call? You don't call the police. You don't call the fire department. You don't call the ambulance. You call God. You call Jesus. Why? Because he's the one that can fix all things. Ephesians 6, 18 says this. With all prayers and petition, praying at all times in the spirit. And with this in view, be alert with all presence preservations and petitions for all the saints 
So we pray for everyone. First Thessalonians 5, 17 says this, real short verse. Pray without ceasing. That means do not stop praying. Do not start seeking God. Search him out. In Romans 8, 26, it says this. In the, way, in the same way, the Spirit also helped our weaknesses. For we do not know how to pray as we should. But the, whole, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groaning too deep for words. You may say, oh, I don't know how to pray. It's, just let the Holy Spirit guide your words. Sometimes it's groaning and crying. I think the best prayers you find is when you, you're, you're crying and you don't know why you're crying. You're interceding for someone and you don't know who that someone is, but the Holy Spirit does and it's guiding your prayer. To be dedicated, devoted to the cause, ideal, and purpose. Do it with zeal. Here at Commitment, you can get all those things. We have a DMP process. If you haven't started your steps yet, the DMP process is discipleship-making process. This is where you go to learn more about the Word of God and how to serve others and how to serve in the church. And there's several steps, several classes that you take, and it builds you up with the Word of God to be prepared to serve others. Here at Commitment, we have prayer. You say, well, I only can pray on certain days. Well, Tuesday, Tuesday morning, there's a Zoom call. You can pray with those that are praying on the Zoom call at 6 o'clock in the morning. Oh, 6 o'clock in the morning is too, too early for me. Okay. 7 o'clock at night on Tuesday, we have prayer gathering here at the church where the church gathers to pray. Okay, I can't do it every day. All right. Every quarter, every third quarter, you have uh, prayer, 21-day prayers. This September, we start 21-day prayers. For 21 days, you dedicate yourself to praying. You get up early in the morning through a Zoom call. You gather with other people. And it's only commitment? No. There's people from Colombia, people from uh, Santo Domingo, people from other countries joining us in this prayer. And we pray in two different languages. We pray in Spanish and we pray in English. And for those that attend, can, they can testify that the Spirit of God lets them understand what the prayer is about. October. This was a real dedication. It's a month of fasting. This coming October, we'll be having a time of fasting. And you may want to fast one or two days. You may want to fast the entire month. It's up to you. But it's a time to get closer to God, a time to dedicate yourself to God a little more. Thank you for joining us for today's message from Commitment to Truth. We'll continue with the second part of the message right after this. Hello, my name is Dina Vanterpool, and I'm a ministry team leader for the Furnace Ministry, which is the prayer ministry at Commitment Church, a place for all nations. I would like to personally invite you to come to one of our events this month for the latest events, 
you can visit commitmentchurch.org events. And if you or your family are looking for a church, we're here on Sundays at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. Thank you again for joining us for today's message from Commitment to Truth. We now return for the second half of our message. So after you dedicate yourself to servitude, to serving God, and you learn how to do it, then we must answer the call to serve. Answering the call of serve. Samuel, 1 Samuel 3, 4 through 10. This is when Samuel was called by God. And it says this, that the Lord called Samuel, and as he said, here I am. Then he ran to Eli and said, here I am, for you call me. But he said, I did not call. Lie down again. So he went and lay down. The Lord called yet again Samuel. So Samuel arose and went to Eli and said, here I am, for you call me. But he answered, I did not call my son. Lie down again. Now Samuel did not know, yet know the Lord, nor had the word of the Lord yet been revealed to him. He was young. He was in the process of learning. He didn't have that encounter with God yet. And it says, so the Lord called Samuel again for the third time. And he arose and he went to Eli and said, here I am, for you call me. Then Eli discerned that the Lord was calling the boy. And Eli said to Samuel, go lie down. And it shall be if he calls you that you shall say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. And then the Lord came and stood and called as the other times, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel said, speak, for your servant is listening. When you're called to service, you have to listen intently. The word intently means to uh, be in concentration in the manner with great effort, attention, or concentration. You got to be really focused in that calling. Who's calling you? First Samuels 3.9, it says, And Eli said to Samuel, Go lie down, and it shall be if he calls you that you shall say speak Lord for your servant is listening so Samuel went and laid down again can you imagine while you're asleep two o'clock in the morning you hear somebody call your name Jose Jose <laughs> yeah yeah what you want babe what you want I ain't call you Somebody called me. You lay your head back down and you're almost asleep and they call your name again. Jose, Jose. And you wake up and like, uh-oh, who's calling me? And you're looking around. There's no one there. And you finally realize that it's God trying to talk to you. And he puts in your heart that it's time to get up and pray. It's time to go read the scriptures. It's time to intercede for someone that is in need. And you listen and you go do it. You have to be attentive 
to what he calls us. He may not call you with a voice that you can hear, that everyone can hear, but he calls you in your heart. He puts a feeling in your heart. The Spirit of God starts moving in your heart that you have to, you have to do something. And he, he, he just starts moving and grinding inside of you. And you feel like, I got to do something. I got to do something. And then the Word of God comes to you and tells you what you have to do. Or maybe the pastor says, oh, we need uh, some volunteers for BBS. Or, you know, we're looking for others that may want to greet at the door. Or we're looking for someone who might want to clean the, the house of the Lord. And God is stirring in your heart that you're the guy or you're the, you're the woman. We need somebody to help with AV. And your heart starts to pound harder. And you're like, why is my heart pounding so hard? It's because God is calling you into service. Like being in the military, when I was in the army, <laughs> I had no choice. When the Sergeant said, get up, you got up. When the sergeant said, run, you ran. When the sergeant said, march, you marched. When the sergeant said, pick up your weapon, you picked up your weapon. Why? Because you dedicated yourself to serving the military. And when they instruct you to do something, you did it. Well, people, you signed up for the greatest army in this world. It's the army of God. And when he instructs you, when the commander gives you a command, you should follow that command. You should be diligent in it if you're dedicated to him. And you should listen intently to what you have to do. Maybe something big, maybe something small, but in God's eye, everything is big. There's a purpose for it. There's a reason behind it. There's a need for it. There's plenty of needs in this church. And you may not hear from the pulpit, People asking you to do it. But if you walk into this temple and you see something out of place, do you walk by it and don't do nothing about it? Somebody's going to take care of it. I, I'm going I just came to, to worship God. Okay. Isn't it worshiping God, worshiping God or dedicating your service to God? If you see something out of place and you put it back in place. Isn't that servitude? No one has to give you direction, but if you see it, do something about it. Because this is your house. And those that come to visit to seek the Lord, if, if they come to your house and your house is all out of shape, guess what? They're not coming back. They don't want to visit. They're disorganized. Their God is not the God I'm seeking because if the God that they're preaching is saying he's very organized, he, he maintains everything in order. And if you're not taking care of the house of the Lord the way it should be, guess what? The impression is they're not in tune to listening intently to their God. It is not above you or beneath you that if you see something out of place, to put in his place. I've seen my pastor, my senior pastor, Pastor Cedric, see something out of place. He doesn't wait for someone else to do it. He'll do it himself. I've learned to do that. Why? Because I take pride in the house of the Lord. I take pride in my Lord. And if he moves me to do something, I don't have to ask permission. I know he's instructing me to do it. That leads us to my next point, which is 
We have to prioritize God first in our lives. We can't make God third or fourth. You know, my family comes first. My job comes first. Uh, I have to take care of these issues first before I go to serve God. Wrong order. What you need to do is prioritize God first in your heart. Put God first. If you put God first, all the other things fall into place. Why? Because the word of God says so. It says in Matthew 6, 33, But seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, and all things will be added to you. If you have financial needs, put God first. If you have sickness, Put God first. You put God first and everything falls in place. And you are able to serve him according to his will. Be intently. Listen to the call. Prioritize him as number one in your life. The last point I want to bring has to do with compassion. Samuel was a compassionate leader. Yes, he was a priest. Yes, he was a judge. Yes, he was a prophet. And he served several kings. He appointed two kings, Saul, who turned from God, and David. He put them first. He, he, when the people asked for a king, he was led by God to choose these two kings. In 1 Samuel's verses, chapter 12, verses 19 and 20 says this, then all the people said to Samuel, pray for your servants to the Lord of God, your God, so that we may not die. For we have added to all our sins this evil by asking for ourselves a king. Samuel said to the people, do not fear. You have committed all this evil, yet you do not turn aside from following the Lord. But, but serve the Lord with all your heart. We must have compassion. Compassion is uh, sympathetic consideration of others, the rest uh, together with a desire to alleviate it. So we have a desire to alleviate it. When we have compassion for someone, we see someone in need, we try to help them to alleviate that distress in their lives. Who do we have compassion for? Who should we be compassionate for? First and foremost, you must be compassionate for the lost because you were once there and someone had compassion for you and they share the gospel with you. So you must share the word of God with them. Colossians 3, 12 says this, so as those who have been chosen of God, holy and beloved, put on a heart of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. To be compassionate, you must be patient. You must have humility. You must go with a desire to help others when they're in need. When you see someone in desperate need of God, of Jesus Christ, you have the a capability to bring the word of God to them, the love of God, the compassion of God, to demonstrate that compassion that he once demonstrated to you. 
so that they may feel welcome by God, that they may be able to approach God and establish a relationship with God so that they can also be doers of the word, praying to God at times and seeking him at all times. But we also must go to those that are reflected, those among us that are reflected. Matthews 9, 36 says this, seeing the people, he felt compassion for them because they were distressed and dispirited like sheets without a shepherd. So if you see a brother and a sister in despair going through a trial and a tribulation, they have needs. They don't have food in their house. They lost their job. They lost a loved one. Come alongside them and share the word of compassion, a word of encouragement. But not only words, but also help them by maybe providing a meal, providing a space for them, providing some financial aid to them. That they don't have to ask for it, but you are compelled by God's compassion to assist them. God saw the, the affliction, the need of the people, and he felt compelled through his compassion to serve them. They were lost sheep, but he was the shepherd that was going to guide them. You also can be that person that can help others be guided to the Lord Jesus Christ. How should we do this? Like Jesus had compassion for us, we must have compassion for others. Second Corinthians chapter 1, verses 3 and 4 says this. Bless, blessed be God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, who comforted us in all our afflictions, so that we would be able to comfort those who are in afflictions with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. So we're not doing anything extra, but sharing what God did for us, that compassion that he had for us. He saw us in need of salvation, and he chose to pay the price on Calvary by giving his only begotten son. And his only begotten son adhered the call of his father. He came to this earth. He preached the gospel. He went to the cross like a lamb, did not say a word, paid the price for us, rose again in victory, and is waiting to receive us on that day that that trumpet sound. So he has come to wash you clean of your sins. If you see others in your family, friends, at work, on the street, have compassion for them and share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Share the gospel of salvation to them for they need salvation. They need Jesus Christ. They need the Lord. Just like Moses was compassionate to the people of Israel when they turned away from God and chose to pick a man to lead them, he prayed for them and asked God to forgive them. We too must pray for others so that God may have compassion for them. If a, 
Several years ago, I, I preached a sermon at the Spanish service, one o'clock service. And I walked through those doors and I dressed down. And when I mean I dressed down, I took a pair of jeans and I ripped them up. I put some dirt on them. Took a shirt, just ripped it all up and put dirt and slime on it. Put a hat on, put some dirt on my face and walked in with a little sign. You know how those guys that stand on the corner with the sign, I'm homeless. Uh, can you help a veteran? Can you help a person in need? Or my wife is sick and we're looking for help and they show the sign. And sometimes we just drive by them because, oh, it's the same guy every day. It's the same guy every day. They had the same need every day. I came in looking like that. And I walked up and I started saying, can someone help me? Can someone help me? I need, I'm in need of food. I haven't ate in a couple of days. Can someone spare some money? Can someone feed me? And Pastor Juan was sitting up front. He wasn't part of the skit. But he quickly said, oh, brother, we can pray for you. <laughs> I said, oh, that's great. <laughs> pray for me. But that does not fill my stomach. That does not meet my need. Prayer is good. But my needs are great. Can you help me with my needs? So let's not just look at the person that's walking through the door that doesn't look like one of us, or it's not as blessed as one of us, and see the need that they have. Not only could it be a need of spiritual change, but also could be a need to fill their stomach. And if we only go for the spiritual, guess what? They may accept prayer, but it doesn't fill their need. Go beyond, search. Ask God to show you what the true need is. And that, yes, we present the gospel, the love of Christ, but we then demonstrate the love of Christ by feeding that person, providing for that person, by giving back to that person and lifting them up. And not only doing it for that one time, but do it every time you see that person. Because what's going to happen is eventually that person is going to rise up from where they're at. And they're going to remember you and what you did for them. And then they, in turn, will do for others that find themselves in that predicament. So when you're driving down the street, and I used to do it a lot, you know, the police in me like, yeah, he, he's a scammer. God don't ask you to judge because you're not a judge. You're not like Samuel. Okay? He asks you to love. And if you see that person a hundred times, a hundred times extend a gift, be it a dollar with a track, the word of God. And give him a hundred tracks with a hundred dollars, and he may make a hundred dollars, but eventually that word of God is going to get to him. He's going to open that up. Eventually he's going to read it in the time of need. And you may not see him again, and you may be like, wow, that person is no longer here. Guess what? God did what he had to do through the mercy and the grace and the compassion that you show for that person. So don't be judges on the highway. Be Christians and followers of Christ showing compassion and love for all, for all that God puts in your way. I'm guilty of that. I was guilty of that until my wife started saying, nah, we're doing it wrong. We're not showing God's love. She bought a about 100 tracks and put 100 $1 bills in her purse. 
And every time we passed, same person. And she was like, nope, we're going to give him a dollar, and we're going to give him a track. Going to give him a dollar, we're going to give him a track. Eventually, he's going to read this track. And because her faith was so great, she created in me something that I should have been doing as a leader. I should have been the first one to say that. And now, I don't look at people the same way. I ask God, God, do I have this opportunity to present you? Yes. Okay, let me do this. You may not have a track. God bless you, my friend. I'll be praying for you. And that person was like, you don't even know me. I'll be praying for you. And just give them the dollar and walk away. And say that. Or Jesus loves you. Be blessed. God has moved me and many times to give more than just a dollar. We had occasion to be in Ocean City, Maryland about a month ago. This young man didn't look like he was homeless. Didn't look it. But you can tell. He had a bunch of chain that he had been given. He's counting his change, and he's at the kiosk, and he's at McDonald's, and he's trying to order a pie, a simple pie. But he didn't have enough money, and he kept looking at the counting. And he kept going back. And God spoke to me and my wife at the same time. We look at each other, and she goes, she gives me the nod. So I turned around, went into my pocket. I had $3. Put the $3 on top of the, uh, of the kiosk, and I said, go ahead, go for it. Hey, oh, thank you. Thank you. You don't have to do that, but thank you. Thank you. So then he's like, something told me, no, that's not enough. I want you to get him a meal and make sure it's a large meal. <laughs> God, okay. So he's there. He's starting to work. I said, dude, do me a favor. Just order what you want. He's like, huh? Are you sure? I said, order what you want. So he starts to look down. He's looking at the cheeseburgers, the cheapest price. He's looking. I said, no, no, no. Get whatever your heart desires. Are you sure? So he went to a double burger. He went to get the fries. I said, make them large. And he went to get the drink large. I told him, large. So then he was going to press the button. I said, hold on. You forgot what you came for, the apple pie. Make sure you get the apple pie. And he got it. I paid for his meal, and he was going to return the money back to me. And I said, no, that's for you. And he goes, thank you. Thank you so much. Oh, you blessed me today. You blessed me. He must have thanked me about 20 times before he got his food. And on his way out, he goes, may you be blessed. I said, I'm already blessed. I'm already blessed because I'm doing what God told me to do. When you do show compassion of God, it comes back greater to you. It's not the reason why you do it, but you do it because God instructs you to do it. His compassion is given to you. Share it with others. And you'll see this world change drastically. That's what we're in need of, the demonstration of God's love at all times, at all moments that we have the opportunity to do it. We are the beacons. We are the tools. We are the servants of God called to do it. Be diligent. Listen intently. Dedicate yourself to the servitude of God. He's called you to this service. It's a great battle. 
but the battle's already been won. Show his compassion and his love, and you will see lives change. I can guarantee you that because he's changed me. And if he can change me, he can change anyone. Thank you again for listening to our series, From Commitment to Truth, the teaching ministry of Commitment Church, a place for all nations. If you want to listen to the previous messages in this series, or if you want to hear messages from other series, visit Commitment Church on YouTube or Pastor Cedric Brown on Spotify, Pandora, or other podcast providers. You can also visit us on our website, commitmentchurch.org. And if you live in the Philadelphia, Delaware, or South Jersey area, we would love to see you in person as well. You can attend any of our services by visiting us at 2 Berlin Road South, Lindenwald, New Jersey, 08021. Thank you again for listening, and have a blessed and wonderful day.